This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Five bold predictions for the next five years of Michigan athletics next on this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Waits for it. Here's Cook. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Throws it. And a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got it. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kohler at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On its way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schimbeck. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Second. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan Blue and welcome to this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Our good friend Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, will be joining us a little bit later on in the program, but we begin with what we just teased. Let us now gaze into the crystal ball. The year is 2026, five years from now, and I predict the following five things will happen in Michigan athletics Over the course of these next five years, we begin with number five. Michigan will win at least one national title in one of these sports. Baseball with Eric Bakich, hockey with Mel Pearson, or softball with Hall of Famer Carol Hutchinson. I think one of those three sports. And if you look at the last Big Ten team to win a national title in two of those sports, hockey in 2007, softball in 2005, Michigan is the team. Michigan was the last Big Ten baseball team 
to make it to the finals of the College World Series in baseball as well. I was there with my son a couple of years ago in Omaha at the College World Series, watching and rooting for the Wolverines. Had a great time in their first watching them in their first game against Texas Tech. I think in one of those three sports, Michigan will win, just like gymnastics did earlier this year. Michigan will win at least one national championship in one of those three sports in the next five years. Number four on our list of five bold predictions for the next five years of Michigan athletics. We began with something good. We go next to something, well, not awesome. The 100,000 fans in the stands streak at the big house will end. And I think that's likely coming this season. Yes, I know the Michigan governor has removed the cap on crowds outdoors. Just because, though, Michigan can go to full capacity doesn't mean it will be at full capacity. Do you remember we are not too many years removed from Coke Zeros for tickets? This is the lowest amount of buzz heading into a Michigan football season I can ever remember. At least with Rich Rod, there was intellectual curiosity about the offense and Denard Robinson. With Brady Hoke, you know that 2014 season? Nobody expected that to be a train wreck. That just snuck up on us and we watched that all happen in real time. But now things do appear to be a bit of a wreck. Energy, buzz is low. Throw in the fact Michigan as a state, as a fan base, is probably going to be one of the most cautious where COVID is concerned. And then the Michigan economy not doing well either. It had it was hit worse than any other state last year by COVID lockdowns. Throw those three things in. Lack of buzz, overly cautious about the virus, and then not the best economy in the world? I don't know, man. I could see a struggle there to sell some tickets, particularly lose that opening game or that first night game, I should say, the opener's Western Michigan, but that night game to Washington, get late in the year. I don't know. Um, I I think the 100,000 streak is in jeopardy, sadly, and I think that jeopardy is going to be realized this fall. Number three, as we rank our Top five predictions for the next five years of Michigan athletics, whichever year within these five years ends up being his final one. Jim Harbaugh will eventually leave Michigan without winning anything significant. No Big Ten East, no Big Ten title, no major bowl win, no playoff appearance. Imagine, imagine, as we all waited with great anticipation, bated breath, enthusiasm unknown to mankind, uh, when he got off the private plane in Ann Arbor, December 30th, 2014, on his way to being announced formally as the next Michigan football coach. Imagine if I would have told you that Jim Harbaugh will coach X number of years here, but it'll be more than five. He'll never beat Ohio State. He'll never win the division. He'll never even get to the Big Ten championship game, let alone win one, and never make the playoffs. No one, not even Pete Feinbaum, would have predicted that on December 30th, 2014. And yet, here we are. Number two. On the list of five bold predictions for the next five years of Michigan athletics, let's go back to pump in the sunshine, shall we? Jawan Howard will win an NCAA tournament, a national 
championship. Jawan Howard will get it done in these next five years. Michigan will cut down the nets as the last team standing on championship Monday for the first time since the only time it's happened before, 1989. And then there's number one. Either Matt Campbell or Mike Hart will be the next Michigan football coach. Now hear me out here on these scenarios. Either a change will need to be made after this season, which is what I think will happen. And if that's the case, I think Iowa State coach Matt Campbell will be the next Michigan football coach. Or Harbaugh will do enough. I don't think it's enough wins. It's about public perception, as we've talked about before. He'll do enough to win back enough public perception showing the program can still get to where we always dreamed and expected it to go under his guidance. And he'll get another year after this or another year or two after this. And then Mike Hart, who was associate head coach in Indiana, was brought in to be an assistant coach this year. He will get promoted to the next head coach at Michigan. I believe one of those two scenarios will take place. A change will have to be made after this season, and then I think Ohioan Matt Campbell takes over as Michigan football coach, or Harbaugh does enough to turn around the public perception that is steeped and stacked against him at the moment. And then we're looking at a change in two or three years, and then I think it will be current assistant coach Mike Hart as the next chief man on the sidelines for the winged helmet. Well, what do you think of those five bold-ass predictions for the next five years of Michigan athletics? Let us know here in the comments section. And when we come back, our good friend Mike, Mark Rogers, I should say. Uh, some people call him Mike. I call him Mark. Mark Rogers, the voice of college football, will join us next. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast because you make these episodes possible with your support. And we get asked all the time, hey, we love what you guys do. How can we support you? Well, for just $5 a month, you can support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And hey, college basketball may be done, but now we're into the Major League Baseball handicapping. And we had an outstanding season in Major League Baseball last year. We had a pretty good season in college basketball this year as well, as you can see right there from something we recently posted on our Patreon page. So five $5 a month to get some pretty good sports handicapping, an opportunity to win some money like when we recommended you take before the tournament, Baylor 6-1 to one to win the national championship. You saw that thing pay off, right? Well, your $5 a month pays off when you support us at patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. As it has been too long since we have done this, it is time for the 10-Minute War, our homage to the great 10-Year War. That is back when uh, the spectacle, uh, the bludgeoning spectacle uh, that uh, once was known as a rivalry. Michigan and Ohio State was in its heyday. Bo versus Woody, our good friend, and probably the absolute lone reasonable Ohio State fan on the planet. Mark Rogers joins us. You can check out uh, his own podcast as well as YouTube. Actually, just YouTube. It's just a YouTube thing, right, Mark? Uh, All of your shows are on YouTube as well, right? Absolutely. Uh, He does a ton of great work, particularly right now. 
you know, win totals and stuff are starting to come out for college football. You want to get some inside information and ahead of the market. Mark is talking to a lot of the team correspondents around the country on a lot of scoops that maybe haven't made its way into the mainstream yet. So could be a very valuable resource for you. Mark's pretty good at handicapping college football himself as the voice of college football. So it's good to have you back, brother. Good to have you with us. So I just ran down before we brought you on my five bold predictions for the next five years of Michigan athletics. And a few of them are football-related. I want to get your take on. Number one, I think, of those three that are football-related, I think the 100,000 streak in the in the stadium is at stake this year. Uh, I know they've, they've uh, lifted the cap on capacity, but first of all, the state of Michigan's citizens have been amongst the most cautious about coronavirus all along. The university, of course, is helmed by the guy that tried to get rid of the Big Ten football season last year over it. So I got to believe there's at least, I don't know, and I don't know if it's a lot, but it's got to be at least one in five, one in six Michigan fans that would normally buy tickets and go to games every week might not go this year. And so you're looking to replenish that base in a year where on, there is the the lowest amount of buzz mark for a Michigan football season, I think, of all time, at least in my lifetime. We could probably go back pre-Bow, although really the last two years of Bump Elliott, those were really good football teams with Ron Johnson that were ranked in the top 10. So I don't know, man. You're going back now well past a half century since the last time we had this low amount of of buzz for a Michigan football season. So I don't know that there's a massive waiting list of people waiting to take somebody who's really, you know, COVID cautious as place. Then you throw in the economy in Michigan. It was the hardest hit by COVID lockdowns last year, lost about a third of its business sector. So those just seem like a lot of objections. And if the team isn't any good, or at least not up to as good as it's supposed to be, I kind of think we could be that that streak could be at at, at stake. Am I am I blowing this out of proportion? What do you say? Well, if the uh, decisions leading up to this COVID affected season are anything close to what we've seen in regards to the, the way the fan base views the pandemic and its response to living its life in the pandemic versus the administration, I don't know what the connection is there in Michigan. But if they if they have approached their lifestyle in any way, shape or form close to what the administration has done and uh, by extension, what the conference initially uh, was trying to do, then that's going to affect attendance. I know that attendance in Michigan is not affected by the weather. I know that. And I'm not even thinking about extreme cold or snow, but it's been pretty impressive to see Michigan fans show up with just sheets of rain pouring down on them for hours and hours (laughs) and hours, where throughout the nation, uh, those games have been affected mightily at the gate. That hasn't affected Michigan fans. So they're not afraid of the rain in particular. So weather conditions aside, I don't know if you're thinking that this is going to affect attendance more so early in the season before Michigan can finally show maybe that they've got a good football team this year or that there are a couple marginalized kind of games later in the season that are going to be affected uh, at the gate when the teams, let's say, three and five or four and six, something in there. I think it could be either one. I do. I I think that this, this is a fan base hanging by a very slim thread, Mark. I don't, I mean, it is, the debate within the fan base right now is whether to jump on our own or wait for the season to be pushed. Okay. So ain't going to take much of a, you know, as the Joker once said, just a little nudge. Uh, I I don't, the first sign of adversity 
I promise you, man. Last one out, turn out the lights. Okay, that that's this thing is it's hanging by a very slim thread. So I think either one of those scenarios is possible. Steve, that capacity is up to 112,000. That's usually the number I see from week to week, right? Yeah, 22,000 empty seats. I That's think it. I, I, I think it's possible, especially when we get into the student sections. Because and everybody in college football is having problems. Nick Saban's whining about it. I mean, everybody in college football is having problem with the student section. Okay, but let's just say it's one out of six. Keep in mind, you know, the median age of a Michigan season ticket holder is notoriously higher than a lot of other fan bases, which is why you've, you've if you've ever been to a Michigan game then and stood up, you've been yelled at by a blue hair to sit down. Okay, that's just true of anybody who's ever been in the stadium. So you know, and that's the age group that's the most affected by COVID. So now we've got a COVID cautious elderly population that makes up a good portion of our season ticket base. You throw in the sketch attendance of, of, of students in all over the country nowadays. I can see a situation real quick where there's 20, 30,000 empty seats in that stadium. Yeah. In fact, if we were to fast forward it, this is why I don't get into how many wins Harbaugh has to have. Let's, let's say they're nine and two. I'll even go nine and two. They won't be. But let's say they're nine and two heading into the Ohio State game. But two weeks before, they went and played Penn State in a whiteout and got molly whopped again, like they always do when they play in one of those. And then and they play Ohio State at the end of the year, and there's 20, 30,000 bucknuts in there with raging scarlet fever from Michigan fans that have sold their tickets. And Ohio State just comes in and sodomizes Michigan again. Anybody going to care the next, right after that game? Well, we went nine and three. No, dude. No. My memory banks are going to challenge you a bit on getting Molly Whopped. That's your word. That's not mine. In Happy Valley, but I'll play along. No, they didn't. They were down four. They were 21 to nothing last year or 2019. They came back at the end. That's true, but they were down 21 to nothing in the game. Yes. Just Saquon Barkley racing down the field time after time after time. The two years prior to that has probably just become so etched in your memory. In fact, I think he just scored again. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right, let's get to my second of uh, the the three predictions I just made that pertain to football I want to get your take on. That whenever he leaves, Jim Harbaugh will leave Michigan with no significant achievements. No wins over Ohio State, no division titles, no Big Ten championships, no major bull wins, no significant achievements at all. Well, you just delivered to me... um through direct message, uh, your coach's rankings, which we'll chop up at some point. And I went to that Jim Harbaugh column and your big game, your big game uh, bonus coaching. Yeah. Yes. Your bonus for had a big fat zero on it. And, and for a split second, I was going to challenge that. And then I thought, what is big game in Michigan? Yeah. Well, I'll define it here. Do, 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 do. Okay. Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. He's really done nothing. His there. biggest win is probably, from a ranking standpoint, his biggest win was, and it's technically the only game he's won as an underdog, and depending on which sports book you looked at, they were a one-point dog. What you referenced it a a little while ago, the sheets of rain against Notre Dame in the prime time, all right? And so they were a one-point underdog. That's his only win as an underdog at Michigan, and they weren't even a consensus underdog at every book. Um, That is a Notre Dame team, by the way, that ended the season... I think in the, uh, was it the Independence Bowl or some like 
the yes, I'm trying to come up with a sponsor name. I think the Russell Athletic Bowl. Bowl. I think yeah, one of those one of those games. It was against Iowa State. Yes, they were playing a um, seven and five Iowa State team. That's wasn't a great Notre Dame team. If that's not his biggest win, then it was beating you know Wisconsin fourteen to seven in 2016. I guess would be from a ranking state. I mean, they beat Penn State in 2016 really bad. That went on to win the Big Ten championship. They just weren't considered that good at that time. But now we're going back five years, dude. Five freaking years. Okay. You can go with this simple definition. If you're at Michigan, big wins need to contribute to championships, or they have to be against your rival, mm-hmm. your chief rival, not an underling rival. And I know Michigan State uh, succeeded against Antonio for a period of time, but not against six and six, seven and five Michigan State teams. He's he's 500 against a Michigan State program that was the end of the D'Antonio era and is now completely rebooting. He's under 500 against Penn State. He's winless against Ohio State. He's under 500 against Wisconsin. Should I continue? No, you don't have to continue. Okay. I, I defended this guy for a long time, and <laughs> I, have, I have felt as though for uh, until about 2019 that he was going to kind of follow the track record that he had established at other locations, other stops, both in the NFL and college, and it's just not there, not happening, and um, it's going in the opposite direction. All right, so one more prediction then, and this one is about the future. Either Matt Campbell or Mike Hart will be the next Michigan football coach. Now, hear me out on this scenario. If Michigan has to make a change after this season, which I believe it will, because I don't believe they will accomplish anything significant to turn around public opinion when they've got to make up an $80 million shortfall mark. Is that a lot? $80 million. Is, is, is that significant? I kind of I think, don't have that laying around. Yeah, I kind of think that might be significant. They got to make up $80 million, And guess whose responsibility it's going to be to make up 80 to 90% of that $80 million? The football team. All right. So seven and five, eight and four, or nine and three and lose to Ohio State and get you know blown out of a bowl game again. Ain't doing it. Okay. So uh, if they have to make a change after this season, I believe Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell will be the next Michigan coach. If Harbaugh does enough to turn around public perception this year and therefore gets another year or another couple of years, then I think they'll promote from within. Mike Hart was associate head coach at Indiana. I think he definitely has head coach traits. And they'll make some kind of excuse like, well, you know, Dabo Sweeney was a wide receiver coach and look how that turned out. So I, I think, and they'll promote from within, and it will be him, Michigan's all-time leading rusher. I think one of those two individuals is the next Michigan football coach. What are your thoughts? Well, folks out there that watch Michigan podcast and listen to Steve on a regular basis, I think uh, this is what Steve excels in, among other things. He's a, he's a master at crafting the question because most people would have just picked off, okay, these are the top two or three candidates. We're going to throw this out there for our question. So in addition to Matt Campbell, it's Billy Napier and Jamie Chadwell, mm-hmm. whomever. Um, Steve, you basically selected two paths and you've gone the best candidate or the top candidate uh, in projecting forward in either one of those paths. Top candidate route, Matt Campbell, the up-and-coming guy that's achieved at a, at a um, mediocre program and obviously done all the great work at Iowa State. And then you've gone the program guy that's already in the system, has the legacy, is a Michigan man, and you're going that route. Save money, Mike Hart. So uh, 
the probabilities, of course, say that you're going to be wrong, that just by sheer numbers and, and you enjoying the, uh, the lines and the wagers as well as I do, uh, can appreciate that viewpoint of just flat out saying, well, the odds say it's going to be somebody else. But I think you've gone two separate paths that make total sense in regards to the top candidate if they go that route or they go that route. So taking that into consideration of just sheer odds and probabilities, uh, I, I can see either one of those happening. And if Michigan is serious about football, they, of course, need to go the Matt Campbell route. Nothing against Mike Hart, but this should not be the first head coaching stop for him. It should be somewhere else. Matt Campbell would be at the top of my list. So uh, before we let you go, I want to get and Now I want you to give me an Ohio State fan perspective. OK, I want you to give me Ohio, an Ohio State fan perspective on either of these two paths. Let's start with the latter one. And I'll try not to smirk. <laughs> Michigan looks at the success of Juwan Howard. Never been a head coach before. Not even a college assistant. Okay? But he was a grinder. He had spent several years working as an assistant coach, so he, he understood the work ethic. Guys like Chris Mullen and others who were given these jobs in college didn't. So, I mean, he was a grinder. at the. He was a basically the heat version of a grad assistant and worked his way up to their top assistant over years. So he at least had the work ethic down. But then they came in and said, yeah, we're going to get you for cheaper than John Beeline, but then we're going to let you have an A-list staff if you want. Hire another assistant away from the NBA, which he did. Hire a former college head coach who had a number one ranked team in the country at some point as your assistant, which he did. So let's start with the scenario. For, for Mike Hart to be the next Michigan head coach, I believe Harbaugh restabilized the program. At least got it, got it back into contention mode where it was in 2018 and 19. All right? That's the scenario for Mike Hart to be the next Michigan coach. Doesn't mean that that's required for Mike Hart to ever be Michigan coach, but for him to be the next one. For him to not have to go somewhere else and then come here, this is what I think would have to happen. The program restabilizes. He's given credit as a huge influence in returning back to his alma mater. And then he moves in to a restabilized program where he is then given carte blanche to hire the absolute top notch. Not that Michigan already has, you know, numbnut pay scales for assistance, but now he goes, you know, like Alabama level because we're not paying the head coach $7 million a year. An Ohio State fan perspective on a restabilized program with an, an alpha like Mike Hart given virtually a blank check to lay out the rest of his staff. What do you think? Well, I think in addition to all of that, if I'm reading you, uh, I think uh, to, to extend on that point would be mentors on both sides of the ball. So these coordinators would be – so. Lane Kiffin's first staff at Ole Miss uh, had Mike McIntyre on mm -hmm. one side of the ball, the old Colorado coach, and Rich Rodriguez on the other side of the ball, not necessarily suggesting Rich Rodriguez. Yeah, but Michigan I know what you're saying, yeah. For, for a couple different reasons, because he's not the most stable individual. But guys that have been head coaches right. at a high level that can provide mentoring. So you got the up-and-comer that's the head coach, but almost like going way back to the NFL's New York Giants of the 1950s, where the head coach was Tom Landry and, and, with Tom Landry and, and Vince, Vince Lombardi, Lombardi had assistance, yeah. Exactly. So, so you've got uh, just geniuses on both sides of the ball from an X's and O's standpoint, but also mentors for Mike Hart to, to bring him along as a head coach at a major program. So then the other scenario is that doesn't happen this year. They don't achieve anything of significance. They're a middling program around 500. They have to move on. You bring in Matt Campbell, who has done 
historic level things. I mean, they have not been this good at Iowa State since Ohio State Buckeye Earl Bruce was there. And frankly, Campbell has taken it way beyond even where Earl Bruce had it, where they were a kind of a fringe top 20 team at that point in time. I mean, they're going to be preseason top 10 in the AP poll. They finished first in the Big 12 last year. Uh, They've covered the line against Oklahoma every year he's been there. He's the only coach that's beaten Oklahoma twice. Uh, for example. So you bring him in and now it is you're you're terraforming again. He's given an opportunity to essentially build a culture from the ground up once more, albeit with Michigan's superior resources. What's the Ohio and he's a native Ohioan, of course. What's the Ohio State fan perspective of that option? Well, I think they're scared to death. So you think they clearly your your fan base, you know, the Bucknuts, clearly would prefer Harbaugh to at least be good enough to stick around for a couple of years and then hand the gig off to Mike Hart rather than ever handing this off to Matt Campbell because this is going to be a year to get Campbell, all right? He has a contract extension, but if you looked at his, at his uh, buyout, because you know that I did, okay, his buyout actually went down. It's only $4 million, which for Michigan or a program like that or the NFL, that, that's that's nothing, all right? So... To me, this is your year to get Campbell. He brought everybody came back. They're clearly making one last launch at the Death Star, and I think he's moving on. Whether it's Michigan or the NFL, this is the window I think you have to get him. So you guys are that afraid of him, him coming here. A guy that's that good leading a football program like that and building it from the ground up is also smart enough to know his yeah his career opportunities and his window and options uh and when the um the 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 the, the iron is hot uh so so to that point yes uh that that mad campbell scares because jim harbaugh obviously is is succeeding at the and and who cares if he goes out and continues to beat the uh, Rutgers and Maryland's of the world. If he can't challenge Ohio State, then let him go eight and four, nine and three, and we'll beat up on him uh, going forward. But Matt Campbell's resurrected a program that uh, I don't even know if resurrection's the right word because it's never been at this height before. So if he can do it there, then we uh, Ohio State fans that are old enough still know that that institution with that football program in that state with that money, those facilities, and that brand and image can beat Ohio State consistently. It's possible. It's been done, obviously, over the course of decades. So it's not an unknown factor. And uh, he's a guy that is the hottest commodity. Um, and youth and exuberance and energy uh, combined with knowledge and know-how and leadership ability is a dangerous combination uh, because they probably got Harbaugh just a little bit late or something just didn't work there. But Matt Campbell uh, is right at the peak of his career or on the precipice of it, We it, it would appear. Mark, great stuff as always, man. We'll do this again here in a few weeks. Thanks for joining us here on Michigan Podcast. Really appreciate it. Always look forward to it, Steve. Thank you, Mark. A big thank you to our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast because you make these episodes possible with your support. And we get asked all the time, hey, we love what you guys do. How can we support you? Well, for just $5 a month, you can support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. And hey, college basketball may be done, but now we're into the Major League Baseball handicapping and we had an outstanding season in Major League Baseball last year. We had a pretty good season in college basketball this year as well, as you can see right there from something we recently posted on our Patreon page. So five $5 a month 
to get some pretty good sports handicapping and opportunity to win some money, like when we recommended you take before the tournament, Baylor 6-1 to one to win the national championship. You saw that thing pay off, right? Well, your $5 a month pays off when you support us at patreon.com slash Michigan Podcast. And now Twitter poll results. We asked you how many football head coaching changes will Michigan make in the next five years? 66.7% of you said one. 23.6% said two. I think there's a better chance, much better chance we have to make two than zero, unfortunately. And I'm hoping we only have to make one. But that no, that math worked itself out here because only 9.8% of you said zero. Is marijuana legal in Michigan? Like on a non-medicinal level? If so, man, puff, puff, pass, brah. All right? Sharing is caring. Let's get to our feedback of the week. And this comes from Jay Willis. He says, Michigan will be solid this year. There's just too much talent. He said that last year. If J.H. or Jim Harbaugh can't win eight or nine games with this team, then he should step down. They don't have Ohio State talent, but they are deeper than any other team in the Big Ten. Well, my analytical numbers agree that that is the case, but that was the case last year. How about the fact now we're down to win eight or nine games? That's kind of cool. One of my radio mentors once taught me, if at first you don't succeed, lower your expectations, right? I mean, at this point, why don't we get down to, hey, man, you know, um, don't face plant for the pregame handshake and coach for Evs. Why don't we do that? Or um, can you try not to pull a Mike Tyson and eat your children uh, and then, you know, uh, 10-year extensions? Or... Um, uh, don't, don't murder. Don't commit like any violent felonies. And because you were third in the Heisman Trophy running in 86, you can just, you know, coach until Jesus returns. I mean, let's just keep lowering the standard, you know, um, breathe sufficiently breathe from the sidelines while wearing Michigan gear and, um, sold uh, to the man in the cold sweat. I mean, we're sitting here in year seven arguing, and I, dude, Jay Will is nothing against you. I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with your analysis, by the way. I just, year seven, man, and we're talking about, you know, win eight games. It's Steve Carell, yikes. Nothing says leaders and best like that, huh? Huh? Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. Don't forget... Let us know what you think about what we think right here in the comments section on YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. Please keep sharing as well, whether it's the YouTube link or the podcast link to all the Michigan fans you know. That helps us get the word out about what we're doing here each and every episode on Michigan Podcast. And then finally, don't forget, follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast to keep up to date on what we think all things maize and blue in between episodes. I'm Steve Dace. Until the next time, go Blue.